1 Peter chapter 1 this morning, 1 Peter chapter 1, hadn't it been good to be in the Lord's house? 
I am so thankful for you being here today. Uh, it almost looks like normal today, almost like school's back in and good crowd today. We still got a lot out. Uh, remember our group going to Bog Springs. I'll follow them up this evening so y'all remember us at camp. Uh, pray the souls will be saved. Uh, a few months ago I preached, uh, in First Peter some of these verses. We've been going through First Peter on Wednesday night and some of these verses the Lord laid on my heart. Uh, kind of goes with where we were last week. We talked about the treasure of salvation. Salvation is truly a treasure, isn't it? And uh, praise, <coughs> excuse me, praise the Lord. Little girl found that treasure uh, last Sunday morning, and I praise the Lord for that soul being saved. And God is working in a mighty way, and I pray that He continues to do that work this morning. Uh, if you would stand with me for the reading of God's word, if you're glad to be here, say Amen. If you're glad to be saved, smile real big and pretty. All right. Isn't he good? He is so good. First Peter 1 and 3. The Bible says, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, which according to His abundant mercy hath begotten us again unto a lively hope by the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead to an inheritance incorruptible, undefiled, and that fadeth not away, reserved in heaven for you, who are kept by the power of God through faith unto salvation ready to be revealed in the last time. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for these promises that we have been promised today. Lord, I'm so glad that the day that I met you, Lord, that I received everything that I would ever need for all of eternity. Lord, I am so thankful that when somebody gets saved, that they get everything they need in you. Lord, we don't need you just for salvation. We need you for everything. We need you in this life and in the life to come. Lord, thank you for these promises. Thank you for the blessings of salvation and that come with it, Lord. I just praise you for what you're going to do in this place today. Lord, I ask for help. Give me the preaching grace that I stand in need of, Lord. Lord, I pray that I would back myself down and allow Your Holy Spirit to take over this morning. Lord, they don't need a message from me, but we need a message from You today. And Lord, I pray that You would speak to us. Lord, I pray that You would talk to us. Lord, I pray that we would listen. And Lord, I pray that we would be doers of Your Word today. Lord, I love You and I praise You. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. You may be seated. I want to... Talk to you on this question today, what's in the treasure chest? What's in the treasure chest? Last Sunday we talked about the treasure of salvation and how salvation ought to be the greatest thing that has ever taken place in your life. And if you're saved, if you know the Lord today, that ought to be the greatest possession that you have is what you have in Jesus Christ. But may I say today that I'm glad to declare that once you get saved, it does not end right there. And if you think that your life with Jesus ends at salvation, you're wrong. (laughs) The beginning of a new life starts when you meet Jesus Christ. Getting saved is just the beginning of a great life to come. Amen? When you get saved, you get everything that you need in this whole world. I love what it says in 1 Corinthians 2, 9. But as it is written, I hath not seen nor ear heard, neither hath entered into the heart of man the things which God hath prepared for them that love Him. 
If you stop your walk with God at salvation, you're missing out. If you get saved and you trust in the Lord and you never do anything for Jesus after that, I promise you, you're missing out. And I want you to know there's some blessings that come along with being saved. And I, I'll tell you as God's people, we ought not apologize for our faith in Jesus Christ. We ought not apologize for what we believe and why we believe it. Because Jesus ought to be a true treasure in your life. He ought to mean more to you than anything in this whole world. Because if you look at all of your blessings, it starts with knowing Jesus. The beginning of these blessings, the beginning of your thanksgiving starts and ends with the Alpha and Omega, the beginning, the end, the first and the last. The author and finisher of our faith is Jesus Christ. And we have all of these blessings because of that one glorious day that we met Jesus and made Him our personal Savior. And all these that I celebrate in and rejoice in today, it goes all the way back to when I was 13 years old. And I made Jesus my personal Savior. And may I tell you that the days, uh, it hasn't got worse, it's gotten better. Let me tell you something. He gets sweeter and sweeter every day. Walking and talking and living with Jesus, what a treasure to have. If you don't have Him this morning, you need to find Him. If you don't have Him this morning, you need to be saved. But I want us to open this chest up this morning, and I want to see uh, what's in this treasure chest. What's what's involved in this? I want you to go back to uh, 1 Corinthians. 1 Corinthians. Go back to 1 Corinthians chapter 2. I want you to notice, I want you to see this verse in verse 9. It says, But as it is written, I have not seen nor ear heard, neither have entered into the heart of man the things which God hath prepared for them that love Him. Understand that there are things in this whole world that we will receive that that is just a blessing of our salvation. And we will get them from the moment we get saved until the day that we leave here. Now if you look back in our You go back to verse 3, it said, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, which according to His abundant mercy hath begotten us again unto a lively hope by the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. Number one, what we find in this chest is a new life. I want you to notice what he said in verse 3. He said, which according to his abundant mercy hath begotten us. The word begotten means to birth. It means to birth. If you're saved today, you've been born again. And Jesus, back in John chapter 3, described uh, to Nicodemus what it takes to be saved. And being saved is being born again. You're born again into a new family. You're born again into a new creature. You're born again. He said, if you're not born again, you'll never see the kingdom of God. You've got to be born again. I was born January 25th, 1984, but of July of 1997, I was born again. I was born a new creature in Jesus Christ. You see, the first time I was born, I was born in sin. I was born a sinner headed to a devil's hell. You see, it goes way on back to the Garden of Eden where sin entered into humanity. Sin fell upon mankind. And ever since then, men were being born into sin. Every man, every woman that's ever been born in this world was born as a sinner. 
But not everybody has been born again of God. Understand, if you're going to go to heaven, you're going to have to be born again. Understand, if you're going to get to see Jesus and get to see God and spend an eternity with Him, you're going to have to be born again to begotten. He begotten us. That means to birth us. Now, I want you to notice what it said. According to His abundant mercy. Don't you love that? I'm a new creature today, not because of what my last name is, but because of His abundant mercy. I'm a new creature today, not because of what I have in the bank but because of His abundant mercy. May I tell you that it's His abundant mercy that we get to be saved today. It's His abundant mercy that we get to experience the love of God. It's according to that abundant mercy. Nobody was ever saved by their own merit. You hear me? (laughs) Everybody tried it in the Old Testament. It doesn't work. You can't be saved by your merit. You're saved by the merit of Jesus Christ according to the abundant mercy. I love that word abundant. For us rednecks, we know that means a bunch. (laughs) Amen. That's a bunch of mercy. Enough mercy to save us, to clean us, to redeem us, to forgive us. Praise God, enough mercy to put us on the right track to be born again, to give us a new life, a new love, a new song. Let me tell you something. I didn't get that by my merit. I got it by His merit. According to His abundant mercy did I receive a new life. The moment that I got saved, I was born again into a new family. The other day a lady came, was saved, uh, 37, 38 years old. She got baptized Wednesday night. She's on the road today, couldn't be here. But she got saved Wednesday. And I told her, I'm, I said, I'm going to tell you something. You're in a new family today. You got a new father today. You got a new hope today. You got a new song today. Everything that happened yesterday doesn't matter anymore because God wiped all of those things away. Paul said, forgetting those things which are behind, but reaching forth unto those things which are before, pressing toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God. Aren't you glad when you met Jesus, He got you on track and He gave you a new life. He gave you a new song and a new hope that we're living hope there. Aren't you thankful for the hope that you have in Jesus? Before you met Jesus, you had no hope. You were dying and going to hell. You had no reason to sing. May I tell you, child of God, if you met the King, you got a reason to sing this morning. If you met the King, you got a reason to get up and smile. Hello? Amen? you got a reason to rejoice. If you're saved today, every day ought not be in the dumps. You ought to rejoice and shout because you know Jesus Christ. And let me tell you something. When you get down there at the hospital and everything's gone wrong and your loved ones is down and out and it looks like that everything is at the end and everything's going bad, I promise you that new life and that new hope, that's where it shows up the most. Because I'm going to tell you, you may not have a lot to rejoice in on this earth, but deep down in your heart, there's a peace that passeth all understanding. And I've been there and I've seen people go through these trials and people that were lost and didn't have the hope. They were down in the dumps. They were out on life. They were depressed. It's discouraging to see. But oh, I love to see that child of God going through that trial. It says, preacher, it's bad, but we're going to be okay. We're going to be okay. The other day this lady got down and and she just unloaded her problems. She got on her knees and ended up getting saved. She got back up. I said, well, let's talk about your problems. She said, preacher, I ain't got no problems. (laughs) 
God's worked them all out. Isn't it amazing the new perspective that God gives us? Man, God's got this. Amen? And in that treasure chest, when we meet Jesus, we get this new life and this new presence. Man, we're a new creature. And He enables us to do things that we never thought about doing before until we met Him. Because He begotten us. I love that. He birthed us. Hey, if you're saved, you're a new creature in Christ. Old things are passed away. All things are become new. Be and walk and live as that new creature. You live in that new life that you have with Jesus Christ. Aren't you glad that He can give you a new life? Aren't you glad He can make you a new daddy, a new mama? He can make your family new again. Notice verse 4. To an inheritance incorruptible. To an inheritance incorruptible. Notice number two, an everlasting inheritance. If you would, look with me in Ephesians chapter 1. Ephesians chapter 1. If you're with me, say amen. Ephesians chapter 1. Notice verse 13. Do you realize the day that you were born again, you were born again into a new family? And when you're born again into a new family, you get a new inheritance. You get a new inheritance because you inherit, you become joint heirs with Christ. Notice what it said in verse 13. And whom ye also trusted, after ye heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, of whom also, after that ye believed, ye were sealed with that Holy Spirit of promise. You believed, and then you were sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise. What do you get at salvation, preacher? The Holy Spirit of promise. You cannot meet God and not meet His Holy Spirit. It is impossible. The day that you get saved, the first thing God gives you is that sweet presence of His Holy Spirit. Do you remember that day you met God for the first time? You didn't know a whole lot, but you knew something just happened to you. And you got a feeling like you've never felt before. That old woman got down crying out to Jesus the other day. I'm talking about just begging God to save her. She got up with the biggest smile on her face, wiping them tears away. I said, what you happy for? She said, I just met God. I just met God. Let me tell you something. If you're saved, the Holy Spirit is in you. That's the very first thing you receive. Notice what verse 14 says. Which is the earnest of our inheritance. Until the redemption of the purchased possession. Until the praise of His glory. Now I'm going to tell you, this is going to put me on shouting ground right here. The first thing you get is the Holy Spirit. The Bible said right there that that's just the earnest. Of our inheritance. You know what earnest means? That means down payment. That's just the down payment of what's coming. That's just the down payment of what's ahead for you. Man, isn't it awesome to, to get that down payment down? Man, the down payment's there, but there's more to come, right? The day that you met God, He sent His Holy Spirit to fill you. And boy, wasn't it awesome. May I tell you that one of the greatest blessings in this world is to be filled with the Holy Spirit of God. Can I tell you, that's just God's down payment. That's just the beginning of great things to come. 
It does not end at salvation. Bless God, it begins at salvation. And the very day that you met Jesus, that is the down payment on your soul. May I tell you that good things are coming. May I tell you, it may be down and it may be low here, but child of God, put a smile on your face because glory land is just inside. May I tell you that the Holy Spirit was just the down payment. It gets better from here. May I tell you that God's in control today and His blessings abound us and it just began with salvation. Now look back in our text. It says to an inheritance incorruptible. Incorruptible means imperishable, enduring, not decaying. Our inheritance from Jesus will never rust or will it perish. Isn't that beautiful today? What you receive by knowing the Lord will never rust or perish. He also uses the word undefiled, which means unstained or unsold. Our inheritance from Jesus is perfect without any flaw at all. Man, these things you get here on this whole earth got so many problems, but what you get from Jesus is perfect now. Everything you get from the Lord is holy and righteous. Something else He said about that inheritance that fadeth not away. That means everlasting. Our inheritance will last forever and can never be used up. Boy, isn't that a blessing. You can't use up all the blessings of God. His blessings are everlasting and they're abundant. You can't ever use up all that God is. Because God is bigger than you can ever imagine. And may I tell you that when you think you've used up all His grace, He's got more grace where that come from. When you think you've used up all your prayers, may I tell you, He's still listening. Amen. He's still listening. Oh, I love that. Fadeth not away. You remember when the old prodigal son got out there and he got his inheritance? The Bible said when he had spent all, there arose a mighty famine in that land and he began to be in want. He began to be in want. The things of this whole earth will put you in that place of desire of wanting more and more and more. But what Jesus can give you will satisfy your soul like nothing else. It will quench your thirst. It will fill that hunger and that longing. May I tell you, the possessions that Jesus gives you will not fade away. They're everlasting. The devil can't take them away from you. The world can't steal them from you. This U.S. government can put any law they want to, but they can't take away what we have inside of here. Aren't you thankful today for that? Reserved. Reserved. Y'all ever made reservations and had them broken? Isn't it horrible? Go on vacation. You got a reservation for a hotel and you get there and they don't broke the reservation. And you say, what do you mean? You gave me your word. Well, may I tell you, Jesus has, has given us His Word. Now, let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. Y'all listen to me now. In my Father's house for many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself, that where I am, there ye may be also. Thomas said, Lord, we don't know the way. He said, I'm the way, the truth, and the life, and no man comes unto the Father but by me. May I tell you right here, right now, that that reservation you made that day that you 
you met Jesus. Hell can't break that reservation. The devil can't break that reservation. Nothing can pluck you out of the hand of God. Nothing can separate you from the love of Christ today. Aren't you glad that the day that you got saved, you made a reservation that cannot be broken? May I tell you, glory land's coming whether you're ready for it or not. Heaven is coming, child of God. If you're saved, you made a reservation. And bless God, He, hey, He's not going to break His Word. People break their word all the time, but God can't break His because it's impossible for God to lie. It can't happen. Heaven's coming. Glory land's coming. The treasures are coming. And they're reserved in heaven for you. Notice this. Kept. Kept. By the U.S. Army. Didn't say that, did it? The word kept there in the Greek is a military term that means to keep under guard. What do we think of Fort Knox? We think of places like that 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 we want to secure. And we put all the forces in the world there to secure it, to make sure nobody touches it, to make sure nobody does away with it. Well, what you have in the Lord is kept by one thing, by the power of God. And if y'all have ever heard me preach, y'all know my favorite Greek word is dynamo. The power of God. That word power comes from that Greek word dynamo, which we get the English word dynamite. Explosive. Powerful. Nothing can stop the power of God. May I tell you, the power of God is greater than any military in all the world. May I tell you, what you have in God is reserved and kept by the power of God. You feel like the devil's trying to steal your joy. You feel like the devil's trying to steal your peace. You feel like the world is trying to get in there and rob you of those blessings. Let me tell you, they're going to try. But may I tell you, the power of God can keep those things today. His power, if you allow that power in your life, will keep you and keep you sealed. His power will keep that joy in your life, will keep that peace in that life. You say, preacher, I don't know how to keep it. You're not going to keep it. But you can keep it through His power. Because everything that you receive in Jesus is kept and reserved by His power. I don't need the U.S. military. I got Jesus. And He's the King of kings and the Lord of lords. And all that I have in my, in my spiritual life is kept by His power. Kept by His power. Is the Old Testament enough to show how powerful He is? Is the New Testament not enough to show what a mighty God He is? What He's done in your life, hadn't He showed us how mighty He is? He has showed up over and over and over again to reveal His power in us. Now go to verse 5. Who are kept by the power of God through faith. How you keep it? Through faith. His power protects you. You keep that power in your life by having faith in Him. You keep trusting in the Lord. That faith enables the power of God upon your life. You cannot have God's power on your life unless you have faith and trust in Him. You must believe that He can. Do you believe He can keep his, your reservation for glory land? Two of you. Boy, that's encouraging this morning. you believe He can keep your reservation in glory land? you believe you died right now, you're going to heaven? The only way that you know that is by your faith and by His power. Your faith enables the power of God in your life. Now notice verse 5. Ready to be revealed in the last time. 
Notice number three, and lastly, a revelation of hope. A revelation of hope. I have a promise that Jesus saved my soul. Preacher, have you ever seen Jesus? No, I never have. But I know He's real. I know He's alive because He's in here. I've been redeemed. Have you seen it, preacher? No. I've been forgiven. Have you seen it, preacher? Not really. I felt it. (laughs) I've experienced it. I got a home waiting on me. You ever seen it, preacher? No. Never have. All of this that I've been preaching today, I've never seen with these eyes. But there's coming a day that my faith will be my sight. And I want you to know that one of the greatest things that we have in the treasure chest is a revelation that's coming. And one day that all of this preaching that we've done, that Jesus is the Christ, that He's the Son of the living God, that He's the King of kings and Lord of lords, all of this that we've declared that heaven's a real place, and this whole world has said you're lying to us, this is, this is a myth, this is fables, that's not true. Yes, it is. And there's coming a day when that eastern sky is going to split wide open. That it's going to be revealed to all men that He's real. And it's going to be revealed to all the world. Every eye will see Him, the Bible says. Every eye will have to behold that He alone is the King of kings. That He alone is the Christ, the Son of glory. That He alone's the Alpha and Omega. May I tell you that all this that we have right now is faith. Faith in the Word of God. But bless God, there's coming a day that my faith's going to be my side. Amen? That all these things, Brother Allen said one time, said, Preacher, you know when you get there, you're not going to have to have faith anymore. You're not going to have to be led by faith. But when we get to glory land, we're going to get led by love. Boy, isn't that precious. Isn't that precious? I believe in this with all of my heart and with all of my soul. And people say, you're crazy. But there's coming a day that I'm going to see. And there's coming a day they're going to see. And may I tell you, the greatest treasure that we have is that our King is coming back. And that He's coming back for me. And He's coming back for you. May I tell you today that the treasure is there for us. You can have all of these things if you would have faith and trust in Jesus. If you would humble yourself, realize that without Him you can't do it, and place all your faith and trust and ask Him to save you, He'll save your soul. And you'll get a treasure today like you have never met. Man, I'll tell you, knowing Jesus is sweet. He's precious. He's the lily of the valley. He's the rose of Sharon. Oh, He's altogether lovely today. If you don't know my Jesus, would you meet Him? Child of God, when's the last time you just enjoyed what you have in the Lord? When's the last time you just enjoyed what He's done for you? I want you to stand very quiet, very reverent. And she's going to play. And while she plays, this invitation's open. If you need to be saved, I want you to come right now. Child of God, these altars are open. Please, come to these altars. If you need to join this church... You need to make a profession of faith. Whatever you need to do with the Lord, come right now. Every head is bowed, every eye is closed. While she plays, y'all come.